This is the part two of, I'm sure, the many uh, faceted saga with my good friend. Oh, hi, John Weir here of Weir Solutions and Lancaster Full Service Painting. I want to start this episode by saying that um, we're going to be posting probably once a month. So you will, whoever's listening, you guys will get a, a class of marketing consultation, business development, ways to grow and run and operate lean startups. That's what, you know, one of the themes that I want to articulate with talking with John. I think he provides a lot of value in there. And as always, if you like the show, please share it with a friend and leave me a positive review. It means the world. Oh, hey, John. Oh, hi. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> I just spent the last hour speaking with John, and during that conversation, we're both like, man, I wish we were recording, but yeah. I always love to, to have that sync moment catching up before a podcast and i'm sure you guys if you're listening to it are going to find some value in today's valuable brainstorms on preserving life liberty and pursuit of property john was telling me a story about a business philosophy that he exercised john's very active in the libertarian party of Lancaster. is that correct that's it and like south central pennsylvania chapters yeah. you know, you're integrated I, uh, I i actually did just resign from the state party which, You're no longer with the state. You're yeah, keeping it local. Yeah, I'm keeping it local now. You can affect more at a local level, I'm That's sure. That's it. So, John, uh, I'm going to ask you to kind of recount that story in the frame of the idea that I want to talk about in today's podcast is providing value first, being the first to give value. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the the examples that I like to give on putting up the value and letting other people see it first. Second. Oh, we're good. Yeah, all right. Uh, so um, last year, the year before, I guess, we wanted T-shirts made up and everybody wanted to have an opinion on it. And uh, if anybody listening has ever been on a committee, I'm sure you're aware of the struggles of designing a T-shirt that we would meet during a committee meeting on such a topic. It's terrible. So uh, after the first or second meeting on these T-shirt designs, I had uh, decided to put my own money up on a design that I had in mind and everything. And it, long story short is we couldn't come to an agreement on the design in a very quick manner, uh, quicker or in the time that I had wanted these T-shirts. So I had put up my money and had the T-shirts made. And then the party just simply had to endorse my efforts that they liked. It was good enough after after I'd gone and gotten them. But uh, the big point on that is being able to get things done quicker without making everybody do the things they don't want to do. A lot of people will, uh, will like criticize projects and stuff if they're not in motion, but if you can make something start moving and let people see that it's good, they will enable you to keep it moving, I find. There's a hundred critics for every one laborer. That's it. Absolutely. And, uh, so I went ahead and bought the t-shirts, the party endorsed them and everything. So then our County had these awesome yellow t-shirts with the porcupine on them. And that was just kind of our thing. And we never really took it up to state to recommend because if we couldn't get five people to agree on a County design, there was no way we were going to get a hundred people to agree on a state design. But 
the one thing that was really cool was other county affiliates all over the state started popping up with these yellow t-shirts with porcupines or similar designs on them. And uh, just to touch on that point of producing the value or bringing the value to a project first, uh, it definitely makes things easier if you have an example for people to look at instead of just concepts to talk about. I think another thing that people often don't consider is how easy it is to be critical of somebody else's work. But when the tables are turned and the work needs to be done by the person being critical, they're like, oh, well, you know, excuses can happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Suddenly and it we... becomes a stressful time. And uh, they all they may like the work that's already done by someone else more. They develop more of a tolerance. They more, develop more of a tolerance. If they don't have to do it. Um, I One example in marketing, I had a client that, Instead of going back and forth trying to collaboratively come up with a strategy, get approval for the strategy, my task for this client was to fill up um, you know, more signups for their service. And uh, what I did was I created the plan. I said, this is what my, pro- my proposed budget is for the plan. Um, what I want to do is fill it up right now and – if I wait for you to get back from vacation or for approval, like you gave me free reign, so I'm going to I'm going to spend out of pocket this money for hard cost on advertising, on material, on labor, and I line item budgeted out what that hard cost would be. Uh, the client didn't really know right what an accurate budget would be for the outcome they wanted. So <clears throat> when the client gets back from vacation, they see that oh, good things are happening in my business. Okay, like wow. Yeah, that's good. good I, did, I didn't get personally billed, and what I said was like, okay, this is what I paid out of pocket. Like, why'd you spend so much? I said, wait, weren't you just really thrilled and telling all your friends how happy you were? <laughs> and then the client goes, well, yeah, but like that's a lot, isn't it? I said, um, well, what's the industry average for one of these ramp ups? He goes, well, we're four and a half times above that. I said, okay, so isn't that like a success story? Like, can I get a testimonial? He's like, well, yeah, but we spent a little bit more than I wanted to. And I'm like, okay, but we made a 10 times return on ad spend. Right. That's terribly in, efficient. In, in like 45 days from start to finish without you doing anything. Oh, yeah. That's a win. So to that point, John, I think you and I agree on providing value up front in order to get a happy customer. Now, that customer is still a customer of mine and he's a great, great person and the business is going remarkably well like we got him out of what he this customer considered hell and into you know borderline uh maui or the dream (laughs) right like closer to heaven or as person want and it turned around in six months so um for you you know you and i do what i think it was like a marketing trade and i love trades when they're you know mutually beneficial yeah can you kind of tell the audience like your philosophy on trades and when they fit. Yeah, I uh, I think trades are great, especially with business-to-business projects like what we do where you're uh, developing your marketing company and everything as I'm developing my painting company. So a lot of people – so on my end of it, the what I receive from you in my mind is I am receiving great expert advice on marketing – uh, I am not completely oblivious to marketing, but it, I, I could listen to you 
in about two sentences and start learning already. You you are, you know exponentially more in the industry than I do. So that's why I come here for that advice. And what I'm seeing is immediate gains or increases in uh, marketing exposure. I have more people reaching out to me for consultations where I'm able to go and put that value up for them. And uh, that gives me the opportunity to close more sales. Uh, I'm familiar with marketing, but I really believe my strong suit is in closing sales and uh, the consultative process. Yeah, understanding the desires and expectations and coming up with a plan to meet them. And uh, on the other end of that, what I try to help exchange in return or send back to you is as people are asking me how I'm finding these little gains. I'm doing my best to remind everybody that Thunderstock Marketing is the guy that knows marketing better than me. So if you want to get in front of more people that I'm getting in front of, Thunderstock Marketing would probably be a good place to go and talk because I've been able to make my own decisions for uh, about three and a half or four years now on all my marketing. And that kept me fed every Tuesday, which is really cool. But... I uh, I believe I'm hitting this little plateau here lately where uh, I'm growing, but it it definitely lost pace. And uh, in the last two months of talking with you, getting advice, I've you know every uh, every empty space in my schedule is filled up. And uh, I it's been a while since I've had a Freedom Friday where I got <laughs> to just dress up in my overalls and run around and get into it today with people, but. It's nice being able to take the day off and I'm just walking around in my red, white, and blues and I'm doing consultations and hanging out today. So I definitely feel that I've received my value. And uh, the big thing now is um, through Weir Solutions, I'm also offering more business-to-business consultations. I just went through my first hour-long consultation through Discord here this past week with another business owner that is looking to increase leads. So that's something that I can always help with is I, I'm good with getting leads and I'm good with closing those leads. I, I close so so many of the leads that actually get to me. So in that, I can uh, I can help with sales and stuff and I'm, I'm decent with explaining how to provide services that people need. But when it comes down to it, as I was consulting with this other business owner, I was able to refer them directly back to Thunderstock Marketing because everything I don't know, this is where I'm coming for it. Um, no, I think to that point, trades are great if they're relevant and they're vertically integrated. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we are trading services and time and expertise on a business level, but there's usually three things that other businesses can help with, right? So it's other people's money, other people's customers or other people's skill, um, the acronyms are like OPM for other people's money, uh, OPS or, or uh, OPC. So, like John, you know, we're trading skills for customer and exposure, and it's just all good things. Like they're relevant, yeah. right? Because we serve similar communities in the area. Um, we both do B two B business. We both provide services to B two B business. Like you're not you're not hucking products, yeah, right? And I don't want to be an e-commerce guy again. I mean, yeah. I'll help e-commerce businesses, <laughs> That's it. but I'm not going to be the person, you know, looking stamps that. and, you know, receiving containers. I'm not, um, but to that point, you know, trades are great if they're 
relevant vertically integrated. And I think as a character reference, you know, John and I have uh, something in common. And I usually, if I get a referral from John, I'm like, oh, I can trust this person. He's a good guy. So like referrals are really strong ways to help support businesses. And, um, you know, when it comes to negotiating and, and uh, creating, you know, deals, what are some things you look for for a negotiation to make sure it's right for you, right for them? I'm going to switch topics there because, um, you know, once you get, you talked about earlier, once you get that lead, like you feel really strong about closing deals, like, what is your criteria for you know, looking at a deal and making it a close and making it a good deal? What's uh, a good deal? So a big thing for me, on the business end of it, on the, the revenue end of it, on the money end of it, all the, the big fun times end of it, uh, there, I definitely adhere to the concept that we don't leave money on the table. If I'm coming to serve you, I want to serve you as much as I can to – bring as much of your value into my home as possible. And it, as long as we're both happy, then great things happen. So when whenever I go into negotiations, I'm going to use a recent example of a kitchen repaint that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went great. Client's super happy with it. I ended up charging like 55% of what we initially talked about when I got there. So... Uh, wow. Yeah, th- these homeowners, oh, they weren't homeowners, they were renters. So now it's the conversation, like that breaches the, the concept of what service are they looking for. Are they looking for something that's going to protect the house that they own? Or are they looking for something that's going to make it look nicer for them while they're there mm. for five or ten years? So right off the bat, knowing that they were a renter, I knew going into that free in-person consultation, I went in there with the intent of telling them or explaining or educating them to the the best possible process to refinish that kitchen. And <clears throat> excuse me. When I walked into the house, that's where it went. She already had two other quotes. <clears throat> Sorry. You're good. When she explained the two other quotes to me, she was explaining that one company wanted to spray or both companies wanted to spray the cabinets. And that's what I wanted to do also because a spray finish is always going to be your finest finish. And uh, one of the other quotes said that we don't need to prime and that's like a sin in the kitchen in my opinion. And uh, the other company was saying that you definitely needed the prime but if you tinted the primer then you would only need one of the top coat. So these other companies were asking for $1,200 and $1,300 to paint just the boxes for these uh, cabinets. She's having a, another company make new doors, and they're going to spray the doors in their shop, but they don't do on-site work. That's where she needed help. Mm-hmm. So I went into this negotiation understanding that only the boxes needed done, but I wasn't sure about what's going on. And an indicator there is if, uh, if someone's picking apart a project and having three different companies working on it, so she needed her kitchen redone, but she's a renter and they live on a tighter budget and she didn't want to spend $5,000 on this kitchen for her landlord to keep. Mm-hmm. So she found a local cabinet shop run by Dutch that did doors 
at a uh, affordable price and then they sprayed it and it was an acceptable finish and she was happy with that and then she found a countertop company to replace her countertops and mm-hmm. redo all the plumbing for the sink and stuff and then she just needed a painter to come in prep the boxes and redo that so i'm already going into it knowing that i'm not getting 15 100 bucks 2000 bucks to resurface everything and spray everything i already know going into this that we're we're looking for a cost-effective approach mm-hmm. where uh, we had discussed before the, the cost-effective, cost-efficient, cost-irrelevant clients. Mm-hmm. I knew right off the bat that this wasn't even a cost-efficient client. They needed cost-effective. So, And when you say cost-effective, that is you're saying – Lowest bottom line as possible. You're saying we'll get the job done budget-friendly yes. as, as budget being the primary um, problem to solve. Yes. Yeah. So I knew going into it – that she wasn't going to want to allocate budget for spraying because as soon as I have to do everything involved with spraying, it, it costs 30% more, whatever. It, it costs a bunch more uh, just to the nature of everything going on. So she wanted something very nice is what she was expecting. So I explained to her uh, the, the excellent process that we could unfold we could resurface all of the boxes. We could prime everything. We could scuff everything in between prime coats. We can do two coats of prime if she's worried about adhesion. And then uh, we mask everything off you know, before we start spraying and all this. And she says, yeah, that sounds like such a great process, but that just sounds like a lot. How much is that going to be? And we didn't even know what products we're going to put down. So who knows? Mm-hmm. But I knew that she – by by the by her tone in asking that, I knew that she was already not liking that things sounded expensive. So I just gave her a range. I wasn't crunching numbers. If we were just talking. I told her it would probably be somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks to paint. And previously rewind in that conversation, I um I like to be direct and ask you what kind of budget do we have here? Mm. If you just tell me you only have five hundred bucks. Maybe I fit you in on a rain day when I should have been outside. Maybe I slide over here in the evening when my kid's with her mom. Maybe I make something happen and I can meet your budget if I can be flexible. That's that's the difference between servicing clients with strategy than with than with just tactics, right? Like if you said, hey, I paint things for $2,000. I'm going to paint it. This is the cost versus strategy. My, one of my definitions of strategy is – Putting constraints on people's time, money, and priority in the face of limitless possibilities. In other words, based on someone's budget, their schedule, and what they care about the most, I'll come up with a plan, and that plan is what we will call the strategy. Yeah, it'll navigate and all like, three of those. If we obtain consensus, which is a great word, um, as long as you're like, hey, I don't oppose, then great. Like, let's. Let's agree to yeah, go forward. Start moving forward. With you know, it. and if you do oppose, that refines that adds. I love, I love objections in the sales process because they're helping me to refine and further constrain the strategy, that's so it. the strategy gets better. Yeah, right. That's it. So you it you does. seek for you look for someone to say no, so that when they say yes, they really mean it. Not just good. like a yeah. Not just like a passive like oh yeah that's fine whatever. Like you want them to be emphatically saying yes. If it's yeah. not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Smiles on faces. 
Yeah, no so one like, smiles when they're saying like, what's, okay. What's keeping you from smiling, right? That's part of the consultative process yeah. in creating a strategy for marketing, for painting, for GC, That's it. general contracting work. So I asked her three times in the conversation prior to that, like while we were talking process. Because as I'm trying to negotiate a process that we're trying to work through here, if you are already implying that you don't want to allocate a budget for this extra result, We'll just stop talking about that and everything past it, and we'll start to steering towards a, a more cost-effective mm. approach to the project. She wasn't giving me that, though. So I just kept explaining the great process that she liked to hear about, and then at the end of it uh, – so I'm sorry. Her response to me asking for her budget was never a number. She kept responding with not much. Mm. And that's not a number that I can work off of. <laughs> so she kept saying not much, not much, not much. So then if, if she's not going to give me a number, I'm not going to give her a number. I'm just going to give her a big range that I know she won't like because I'm not going to give her a not much range. Well, not much isn't a thing because not much to one person's right. a lot to another person so and vice versa. No matter what, someone's going to think it's a little much for 1500 bucks to spray paint those. And I came in two and $300 over those other quotes with that range on that high end. So I hit her with a... I'll do it for a thousand to fifteen hundred, depending on what product we use. Now sure. that means so little. That was such a vague thing that I shot out there, but it was a number. And she heard the thousand was the low number, and she let out a sigh and she went, Oh, I was hoping for six or seven hundred. Mm. Now I got a budget out of her. Right. We're not spraying anything I, yeah, for six or yeah, seven hundred. I can't do this We're, I can't do this solution for that budget. But given the budget that we now have out of you, because sometimes you have to step first. You have to provide the value. That's it. And it, whether that's in a negotiation, whether that's in just you know doing rapport building or relationship building, if you provide value first, it makes people have their guard down to actually want to work with you. I think with a consultation like what you discussed, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the reasons you do it is because if you know you like this person, you want to help them. And if they want to hire you after you've helped them, then that's great. Yeah. Right? And, and if they don't want to hire you, then like at least they figured out what they want to do. Yeah. Because you help people make decisions. And yeah, so she told me she wanted to pay six or seven hundred. And I said, Okay, that's fine. I just needed a budget. We're not spraying anything. And she said, Well, what are you gonna do? I said, See, if we're not spraying it, we're not gonna use a product like Command that dries in half an hour that I can recoat in an hour or whatever. I'm gonna brush everything and I'm gonna roll it. It's going to cost me $4 instead of 100 for me to set up my equipment. I don't have to set up a dust shield. You guys are going to go to work. The house is going to be still. There's no pets in here. I'm going to come in here okay. while you guys are gone. I'm going to have your house to myself. I'm going to do all my prep work, and then I'm going to prime everything. I'm going to use a nice soft bristle brush. It's going to reduce the, br the brush strokes, and I can let – if you start brushing from the center and work your way out through styles and rails, you're not going to create uh, like blemishes on that coat. And by using a product like Advanced, that's a 16-hour uh, recoat time. That stuff's not even dry to the touch for like an hour and a half, two hours. That stuff self-levels so much. All, so many kitchens are brushed with that stuff if you don't want to deal with spraying. So now, instead of setting up $200 worth of masking and my time in that and then having another hundred dollars in fees for my equipment and miscellaneous disposable supplies 
I'm walking in with two drop claws and my cut pot. That's a lot cheaper. And then I also, uh, our good friend Somiao went on a glorious trip. So I, uh, I didn't have anything booked that next week there for a couple days. So instead of working on my house, I just let her know like, yeah, I'm going to come and work on your place in the mornings. And then I'm going to work on my house in the afternoon. I'm going to be able to work on my own house, serve my community. I met a budget that she needed to meet. Mm-hmm. And we still bought amazing products and we still did good work. Now on the back end she was of that, happy. She's very happy. Mm-hmm. Now on that back end of that, I so I didn't get a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks out of that project like I wanted, but I still made my hourly rate because we did a but more you got affordable your time process. Back. Yeah, and now I I met a client's needs in my community that then agreed to give me positive reviews and referrals on three different platforms. So I gave up a couple hundred dollars to have another genuinely terribly happy client that was so happy with all of the ways that I was just able to be flexible with them right now. You can be so proud of the job that you do. I think when it comes to striking a negotiation and a deal, there are so many times where I sacrificed my own pride to close a deal where I was like, you know, I'm really going to go either uh, negotiate on price and go below the number I wanted to or I'm going to sacrifice the terms and do way, way more out of scope than I really want to. And and I've done that in the past and I felt ashamed of myself. Like the feeling was not a good feeling. Okay. Like they might have been happy because they feel like they beat me in okay. a negotiation. Okay. What I like is when you get consensus in a negotiation or a deal and then they're both proud that you came to a, an agreement where you're like, hey, my trade of this service and labor is worth the time and, and investment for you because I take your dollar very seriously. Yeah. You know, and I take my a lot of pride in my work, and because I take pride in my work, I'm able to serve you so that you can rest assured that your dollar is going to be put to good use. Yeah, right. It goes where it's actually supposed to go. So, like, if you, one of the criteria that I like for making a deal is, and this comes for even no exchange of dollars. Like, if I was going to do a podcast, and one of the podcast guests just tried to beat me in a debate versus trying to have a, like a conversation or, or 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 add value, making his business look better. If you just wanted to make me look like a dummy, like I would just not publish the the content and be like, "Hey, you know, yeah. we're I, I don't consent to doing any work with you, whether that's paid or unpaid. Um, thanks for your time. Best of luck. Yeah, that that's didn't it, work out, right? Because yeah. what I won't do is sacrifice the pride I have in my work because it, it for making somebody else feel better at my expense. Yeah. That will never yeah, happen. Yeah, you can't do that. You know what I mean? That's not good time. To- that doesn't lead to good times. No, and the whole point of us doing entrepreneur entrepreneurial work is to increase the amount of good times and decrease the bad times. Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah. And for a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, you know, they got into business cuz they really like doing the thing. Yeah. And like that's cool. That's like it's I cool like to do the other, thing. I like hanging out with other entrepreneurs because not, uh, like in the circle of entrepreneurs, no one's just sitting. Uh, like even on the days where we just sit and we talk and we laugh really loud and we scream in your basement and stuff, we're still discussing our business relationships and everything the whole time. Like mm-hmm. 
the entire it's like sharpening the saw right you don't yeah if you're if you're a lumberjack you wouldn't just spend eight hours a day cutting trees right. you'd have to set up the prep the job site you'd have to sharpen the tools preserve the tools yep. i look at some of these freedom fridays like we're having today as a time where i'm like okay i want to have a good conversation that's invigorating that gets me back to why i do what i do and then we'll create some content that i find valuable as a brainstorm um, and ho- you know, hopefully, our people, audience does too. Yeah, a couple people did reach out on uh, to me on the last episode that we did, and they let me know that there was some good stuff in it. So I, I was super happy to know that we weren't just here bullshitting for nothing. And that's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I like when people are happy. Yeah, um, well, that's the smiles on faces, man. Smiles on faces is what makes everything go down. And like, you know, back to that negotiation there and closing that sales deal. See, like, all I did there was. I just negotiated my way through what she wanted and then we realized that we didn't have a budget for that. Mm. And then we just had to restructure according to budget. If you don't have if you don't have a, a firm guide rail for a sales, you just kind of go in the right direction. And as soon as a hard line gets drawn in the sand, it's like, okay, now we're gonna stay within this. And as soon as I knew that that she wanted to be she wanted she was hoping for six or seven hundred dollars, I right off the bat Without even discussing more about what we're going to do, I said, how about we do something for 650 then? And we shook on it right there. And then we continued that conversation of we're going to find something that I can do for you that meets your budget. Mm-hmm. And what that was was make it cost as little as possible, make it happen as fast as possible, make you not in my way as much as possible. <laughs> she met me at the store and she paid for all the materials so I didn't have to invest any of my money in the project you know, it, we uh, from an accounting standpoint, it's easier for both. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were able to make everything easier for both of us, and that way there was just no headaches. And we shook on six hundred and fifty dollars, and she still paid me seven hundred dollars by the end of it. Because while I was there, I also tightened up a couple things because I get a little weird about things not being nice if they're nice to or if they're next to my nice thing. I don't want the thing next to my nice thing right. to not be nice, so I tinker with stuff. So by me doing that and fixing a couple of the little things that just like bugged me as a person, <laughs> you know, yeah. she was so happy with that that she gave me that extra fifty bucks. And I was joking around about it with my brother because he was like, "Man, you did so good that she gave you an extra fifty. And I said, "Yeah, that brought me up to only making forty percent less than I originally wanted." Yep, but like. That's not what it's about. But you had the time. It's not the only thing it's about. But you had the time, right? Like one of the reasons I like being a fractional CMO is because the average salary for a CMO around the United States, average, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, that's insane. Because a lot who who can get who can afford that? Only big companies. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. And it's like that's so true. Okay, like that's not the Lancaster County, Lebanon County. Yeah, we don't have a whole economy. That, that that need is for and you know I don't I'm not going to go to a school to get an MBA when I have ten years of experience doing the thing that I do. Yeah, you're and already excellent. I, I've well, I have a lot of experience and yeah. I'm like I don't need to go to a school to pay people lots of money to tell me that I already did the things I did. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've done yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. I made I made money. You look at the way the companies grew I, that you were. I, I've grown with. at this point hundreds of companies. I don't need someone – yeah. I don't need an institution <laughs> yeah. to tell me how to grow companies when I've grown them hundreds of times. Yeah. 
repeatedly. Right. With results. Every single like there has been a yeah. result. Like sometimes they've grown slower or worse. Sometimes they've grown way infinitely faster, but like that's how you learn. Yeah. And like I've had the ups and the downs and like I've seen a lot. And I think when it comes to like making I'm going to go back to that like a big big happy time where where you say, "Oh, you only made 40% less money." Like I typically charge clients like 25%. If they want me to be their CMO, okay. I'll be like, "All right, 25% of the yearly salary, like we'll we'll okay. be, we'll be yeah. cool with that, yeah. right? A fraction of that, but like I get to pick my kid up from daycare. That's it. I get to like you know wear athletic wear and go to my gym in my basement yep. and work out at lunchtime. Like I get to have sushi with my friends and clients when I block it out because no one's looking over my schedule. They don't need to be, you know, all around creation. This morning, making other people happy. So yeah. for you, you might have said, "Okay, well, we're on your budget." Like I wanted to make fifteen out of this deal, but really, what you got back your time? Well, yeah, yeah. So I did get back my time, and so uh, on the. Oh man, I don't know how to word what I'm trying to ex- express right now. Um, along the lines of trades are good so long as they're aligned and they're appropriate and relevant so money isn't the only thing we're exchanging Mm -hmm. so in that agreement for 650 dollars we agreed that she would help my marketing opportunities by she posts out she refers me now and every single time you know that's not a fake review that someone's telling me or that that telling me yeah that someone's sharing that's actually a woman that's talking about that time that i showed up and bent over backwards for them for three days and made sure that their kitchen was good and now after these other companies come in and finish everything up i'll go back and i'll get finished pictures so that i can continue to market with those other two companies see Mm. these other two companies don't even know i'm coming for them yet Mm. which is like a, a whole nother concept there where you do the good things and the good things that make good things happen so i found an opportunity where this client picked three different companies to put her kitchen remodel together we have a a a cabinet i don't even understand what this was like i don't understand where the doors are coming from because i'm told it's a barn that can spray i don't Mm -hmm. know what they're doing in there but we have a woodworker over here making doors and another countertop company and then me painting everything together those other two companies don't realize that once that kitchen's put together, I'm going to do a social media blast and put both of their companies in that so that you can see those before and after pictures for the whole project. And all three of our companies are going to be involved in that marketing approach. So it goes back to a, a tangent we went on earlier. Like my idea for the podcast, you're like, why do you do Thunderstock Marketing? First of all, my daughter's name is Torby, the goddess of thunder. Thunderstock is my career change in order to make life better for the family, for her, because she's now, you know, That's priority. My, a priority. But the podcast is valuable brainstorms that enhance your life, liberty, and pursuit of property. I love it. So when I think about how you can help people in business and in life, from a service standpoint, you can help someone increase their health their wealth, or their relationships. So just because someone's not enriching you with your wealth, they may help you with relationships by giving you to their network and getting you leads. Relationships are my number one. Relationships matter a lot, right? Like for residential painting, John, 
you preserve people's relationships. You make them happier. You make them have, you know, more comfortable having guests over. You make them love the relationship they have with their house more. Like, it's a very emotional thing for residential painting. It really is. And, you know, from a commercial standpoint, what I like about doing B2B and commercial is it preserves owners and investors' wealth. As a marketer, I want to preserve people's net profit where I don't really care. Like, if someone wants to grow their top line revenue, but they're not cognizant of their profit, I'm just like, okay, let's look at the bigger picture and the strategy. I want to make the business owner more profitable, right? right? Like, that's what I end up wanting to yeah, do. And sometimes it's just getting more customers, right? Doing yeah. more of the same thing, they get more profit. They're cool with their margin percentage, but sometimes people are at capacity. They have all the work they can do. They're just not profitable. How do we get more lifetime value from the customers? Yeah. Like, how do we increase your rates? Real quick for the Go listeners, ahead. I I want to remind that. Uh, so you're talking about what you bring and everything. See, I'm able to bring those sales, and that is the problem that I bring to Thunderstock Marketing. Is I close sales exponentially well. Thunderstock Marketing allows me to get in front of those more people. Right. It enables you. I want to enhance. If I could help you, I've known you for darn near 10 years, nine years. Is it really that long? Nine years, 2014. I just want to help put people that would benefit with a relationship with John in front of those people that would need his services. Like, you know, it's, it's really cool. One of the best things that makes me feel uh, fulfilled other than being able to, you know, provide, be a provider for my family, right? Wealth is great, right? If I can pay bills, my family won't hate me or go starving or cold, right? That's great. But being able to introduce one friend to another, like, hey, you said you needed someone to uh, model your basement. And I know someone that can do that. That person's John, right? So like, you meet a client, you meet your wealth needs, hopefully. you, And then you might meet a friend too. Like, yeah. I, I really like meeting a lot of my friends are friends of a friend. Yeah. Like I had original friends, they introduced me to another friend. Like you know? that's good. And like with business, someone asked me, how do you get your clients? I'm like, well, that's a good question. I make connections with people. Yeah, it's and so then, weird. And then making connections and relationships with people is good business. My best clients aren't the people that I paid for leads from. No. It's it, like – and like networking is the way. And like there's a way. Like I think there's value in advertising, but paid sure, media yeah. payment media is becoming incredibly more expensive. A lot of the tech companies' stock was in hot water during COVID the last couple quarters and years. Okay. So they need to make more oh, money, right? Yeah, How are they gonna do that? Maybe charge rates or they they're kind of struggling to provide a better service because there hasn't been tons of competition for a lot of these tech conglomerates. But the point I'm trying to make is you know, social media, the first word of social media is social, not media. Yeah. You need to make connections. Yeah, that's it. Um, so at to cap that off, John, I think I want to have you on the podcast the next time we can have a Freedom Friday yep. in, a, in a month or so. Um, and I think this, this conversation on different types of like just sales philosophy, negotiation, and the value of creating relationships through just prideful work where the customer's proud of you and they yeah. tell everyone. Like you're proud to serve that good customer that you have a good relationship with. Um, and anyone listening, like reach out to John. John Weir, Weir Solutions, Lancaster Full Service Painting. You'll find him on the internet. The guy is wearing an American flag overall set <laughs> with an American flag hat. So if you don't like that, first of all, you don't like the, America. The pins, I got to point out, 
the pins in my hat came from New York City right after the towers fell after 9-11. That's They're, huge. I think the, the coolest parts of my whole outfit today are the pins that came from when our country was really coming together up in New York right then. The Founding Fathers wrote in a constitution that they wanted to preserve our life, liberty, and pursuit of property. These girl dads, John and, and Ross, want the same thing for you. That's it. So – Everyone listening, I hope you found some value in this brainstorm. If so, share it, review it. Just share, you know, help us make a connection. I want to help you make a connection. Reach out to me. That's it. Stay blessed, everybody. Stay blessed, everybody.